like I'm using down in here because we didn't like we won, but I'm complaining about something normally, and uh, so I won't complain about a red zone offense right now. But uh, how, how does Mike Leach uh, celebrate a win like that? What are you going to be doing tonight to, uh, to to celebrate a big victory for you in this program? I'm going to get on a bus and I'm going to ride for four hours to uh, Starkville, Mississippi. Now, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't pretty, but when that ball went through the uprights, it was one of the prettiest things I'd ever seen. We just beat LSU on the road. Go Hawks! Yeah, great team win for us. Always good to. Uh, Keep the Mayor's Cup where it belongs in the city of Columbia. You like that? Could have gone to either Columbia. Oh, welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Mike Brent. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And, oh boy, just got off the line with one of my favorite people in the SEC. No, I didn't have the guts to get him on the show just yet, but, hey, if you missed it, I was on the uh, Paul Feinbaum show here on Thursday, and to let you guys know how that works, never really know when that calls are coming, but they called me up Thursday morning and asked if I could jump on there, wanted to talk Lane Kiffin, wanted to talk the national championship game, so I was eager to do it, very happy, but this was a unique twist. I've been on the show a couple of times. This time they said, hey, can you do FaceTime? Great time to gain a bunch of weight during uh, the holidays, but sure, I signed up for that. Give me the FaceTime. I thought I could do it. Reached out to my buddy Marler. He says, yeah, hell, I just do it on the computer every time. Perfect. I got that all set up. The call comes in. It comes in from an unknown number. So you just assume it's the Paul Feinbaum show. Of course it was, but couldn't get it to work on my computer. It was phone only. So I'm sitting here holding the phone, and the producer I was speaking with said, Hey, don't worry. You got about three minutes before we're on the air, but uh, you can't be holding that thing. And before that even, he was losing the signal because I had my earbuds plugged into the computer. That was the route I was planning to go in, so I had to switch that on the fly. Sweating profusely here under the lights. Going to be on SEC Network for the first time in video format. And we finally got that going, but I had to get my space heater, put it on the desk, so that the phone was somewhat eye level for me. So if anybody's wondering what in the hell goes on behind the scenes, would you do a show like that? There it was. Paul. I thought I did an all right job. Paul Feinbaum seemed to suggest the same. And then his producer said they'd have me back on. So hey, if, if you missed it, check it out. A little behind the scenes on what was going on there before I hopped on the line. But very appreciative of that moment. I'll throw it up here on the YouTube channel if you're watching little uh, photo of uh, me and Paul spieling here and and I just I didn't look happy at all there did I but uh, (laughs) I promise I was thrilled like I said legitimately Paul Feinbaum one of the best he's the goat for a reason when it comes to uh, SEC media and all that he is the face of the SEC network and speaking of face how about my face is a face for radio there so hell they may if they have me back on it's probably be the last time it'll be the uh, video format for old uh, Mike on on the Paul Feinbaum show. But, hey, go and check that out. And speaking of ESPN, the college football playoff, I know we've been covering that game extensively all this week. I'm sure the fans of the other teams ready to uh, take a break from it, and we will this episode. So this episode is going to be, there's news and notes across the league, and uh, we'll get back to our coverage of the national championship. Shane will be back on the next episode to talk about it. We're going to make our picks. 
I'm going to try to get a couple guests to maybe make their picks for the national championship game. But I bring up ESPN because they announced here on Thursday some uh, pretty exciting news, I think, for Texas A&M fans here because my favorite way to watch the national championship, they have a coach's command center type deal where they're breaking the game down live in person. And usually what that is, they'll get uh, six or seven head coaches from across the country. They all fly up to ESPN. They watch a game and they talk about it. But this year, doing it a little bit differently, maybe because of COVID, I'm not really sure. They didn't specify why. But it's just going to be Jimbo Fisher this year. Of course, uh, Jimbo, the only, and the Aggies, the only team to beat Alabama. So that certainly played a factor in it. Did not play Georgia this year, but he's played them in years past. Knows Kirby. Knows uh, a lot of those players recruited. A lot of the players on both sides of those teams. So it's going to be interesting. I, I don't think it's just Jimbo. I think it's Jimbo and a couple of his uh, assistants. They didn't specify which ones will be on the show with him, but that'll be on ESPN2 during the national championship game Monday night. So just another reason to tune in and watch. Uh, if you're Maybe you're an A&M fan, you want both teams to lose, but uh, <laughs> not thrilled to watch Alabama and Georgia go at it. Here's you a reason, because old Jimbo Fisher is going to be breaking down the national championship game live in real time. So that should be a treat. Hey, but speaking of uh, Aggies, former Aggie here has made his transfer decision. Let's jump on down to the Plains where Zach Calzada has made it official. He's committed to the Auburn Tigers, and you got to think he's going to have a good opportunity to start down there for Brian Harson. Going to be competing with T.J. Finley and the freshman Demarius Davis. Davis, I think he's the uh, most winning high school quarterback in the history of Texas, so I'm not ready to write him off. You know, it's hard to get on the field as a true freshman in the FCC. But, uh, you know, he did come in as a Gus Malzahn recruit. He, he stuck it out with the Tigers following the uh, coaching trend, the coaching change to Brian Harson, but didn't see the field. So, you know, he's a wild card there. But, you know, from what we've seen, Zach Calzada, TJ Finley, probably a pretty tight race there. You got to believe that, uh, you know, you don't add a Calzada unless you anticipate at the very least, he's going to compete, if not win the starting job. And I, I'm sure, looking at Auburn, that uh, you know that's probably why he chose them to to go play for Brian Harson, to go play for Austin Davis, their new offensive coordinator, who was a NFL quarterbacks coach. And you know, we said this on a previous episode: Zach Calzada to Auburn, trending that way. Now it's official; he's committed to the school and. He's from the state of Georgia, so this is going to be a little bit closer to home for Calzada. I made the joke, of course. Hell, I'll, Brian Harson added him a quarterback at knows to beat Alabama. And say what you will about Calzada, not the best quarterback in the world, obviously. That's why he's leaving A&M. But he certainly had his moments, and that Alabama game was one of them. And he's been banged up all year. You know, he's a damn warrior out there. He hurt his shoulder. He hurt his knee. Yet he continued to keep playing, fighting hard for the, the Maggies. And he's got a lot of potential. But now following Calzada's decision to commit to Auburn, it's pretty wild. Auburn's got a former LSU and a former Texas A&M quarterback. And Texas A&M's got a former LSU quarterback. So, hey, this is the transfer portal era. And uh, it's going to be fascinating to see this offseason at Auburn how the quarterback competition goes. It's, it's going to heat up here between T.J. Finley and Zach Calzada. And, and who knows, Demarius Davis, maybe they add another quarterback. But, uh... Speaking of pickups, Ole Miss, hey, 
We've been kind of Debbie Downer on them lately with all the defections. Well, they got a big commitment here on Thursday because TCU transfer running back Zach Evans makes it official. He is going to be an Ole Miss Rebel, and you got to believe that's going to help Lane Kiffin and company recruit a transfer quarterback, letting them know that they've got a premier running back. Even with Jaron Ely off to the NFL, Snoop Connor also has uh, making that jump to the NFL. He will not be back. So there's going to be a lot of carries for Zach Evans, the former five-star. I believe he was the number one overall running back in his recruiting class. And this is not a guy that busted or anything. It's not just just recruiting rankings. Over 1,200 rushing yards during his two seasons at TCU, 10 touchdowns, and that's 15 games of action. So nearly 100 yards per game, a touchdown in two-thirds of his game. You got to think playing for Lane Kiffin, who we all know him as a a guru of, of coaching quarterbacks and developing that position. But really, since he's been in the SEC, whether it's uh, Derrick Henry or his two years at Ole Miss, very reliant on the running game. Two years in a row, Ole Miss, one of the best rushing teams in the SEC. So perfect fit for Zach Evans. And that's exactly what you need if you're Ole Miss to bounce back after suffering a few defections here, get you a player that an impact immediately day one there in Oxford. On the other end of the spectrum, tough news here. Let's jump it down to Fayetteville because, uh, man, the defections keep adding up for this Arkansas defense and the first one was uh, Joe Fouché team captain last season defensive back corner jumping in the transfer portal now speculation is he may be looking to go back home go back to LSU where they've got needs so man that's a hit that was one of your best players there returning for the Arkansas Razorbacks and then a day after he entered the portal their nickel Greg Brooks also entered the transfer portal Greg Brooks started every game this year for Arkansas, 47 tackles and an interception. So it's pretty wild to see two players in the secondary jump in the portal in back-to-back days. And I did reach out to somebody here about that that's uh, close to the program. And and this was just what he told me. He said that uh, the corners coach, Sam Carter, a lot of speculation that, uh, you know, not the most popular guy in the locker room there. Uh, Wild temper is what he said and yeah so that could potentially be it that's just what I'm being told tell you guys what I'm being told here but I've heard some people say well hell why is Jalen Catalan coming back if this Sam Carter is so disliked well Catalan's a safety Barry Odom coaches the safeties there in Fayetteville so hey I'm just saying I'm just I'm just relaying what's being told to me and then following both uh, Fouché and Brooks announcing they're going to the transfer portal. You know, these were expected, but just officially confirmed. Defensive lineman John Ridgway and Markel Utsi both announced, hey, we're off to the NFL. Not, uh, I guess they could have taken the advantage of the super senior rule, but hey, they both had great seasons there for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Now, all of a sudden, you know, your linebacker core, we're still waiting to see a bumper pool, whether he's going to return. He has that option. You got Jalen Catalan. You got some nice pieces. Miles Slusher. Not saying it's going to be a total rebuild here for Arkansas on the defensive side of the ball, but man, we got some key pieces moving on from the program. So that's going to have to be addressed again in the transfer portal. When you lose guys in the transfer portal, that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to replace them with guys in the transfer portal and obviously the uh, incoming recruiting class. But this is just what college football is right now.
And speaking of that, man, this is a tough one. Jump all down to Missouri, where freshman defensive lineman Makai Wingo has also entered the transfer portal. This guy, all SEC freshman team, 27 tackles and a sack. One of the uh, emerging young talents there for the Missouri Tigers. That's a tough, tough blow because Missouri, you know, we're still in, I don't want to call it the rebuild process, but you're looking up, obviously, at the uh, elite of the elite in the SEC and where you're lacking most in that line of scrimmage. So just losing a guy like this is very, very tough. And the speculation is, again, this is just speculation, so we're not saying this is necessarily going to happen, but his former high school coach was just hired by LSU, a guy by the name of Robert Steeples, who, wild story here, Steeples is a, is a name to know in the coaching ranks because he was a high school coach there in the state of Missouri, he played at Missouri, and in four years took one of the worst teams in the state of Missouri to the state championship and then made the unusual jump from the high school ranks all the way to the NFL. He's coaching with the Minnesota Vikings this year, but now he's going to be a, uh, an assistant under Brian Kelly at LSU, and speculation is Makai Wingo may be headed to LSU. Joe Fouché may be headed to LSU. That was something that Brian Kelly addressed during the bowl game there, something we hit on if you missed it. you know He said they're going to – rebuild this roster where they're going to utilize the transfer portal. So LSU has certainly lost a lot of guys through the coaching turnover. Now it looks like they're targeting many promising players to kind of rebuild uh, that LSU Tiger roster. So it's going to be fascinating to see uh, guys jumping left and right and, and over and staying in division. I mean, this is, we thought we were in the wild West. It's, it's not just the quarterbacks. It's basically every position here, hey, but that's not all we got with LSU because the GM, one of the rare GMs in college football, there's a couple now, but I believe this guy was the first of his kind. Austin Thomas was uh, not being retained by Brian Kelly. So that's pretty interesting. I'm hearing some speculation. Florida may be interested in Austin Thomas, who I assume all SEC fans know that name. If not, he's worked a long time at LSU in the uh, general manager role. He, kind of, he basically oversees the roster. He's worked at uh, Texas A&M. He worked briefly at Tennessee under Pruitt. And same kind of deal when, when Pruitt took over. I think there was some kind of disagreement on what his role was going to be. But he, this is a guy a lot of SEC experience and it would not surprise me in the bit, like I said, if he jumps to Florida or another SEC program because he's, he's a well-regarded, I can't call him a coach, but staffer, if you will, in the SEC. So that's pretty noteworthy. And speaking of LSU staff, we already reported this one. Madhouse, defensive coordinator, he's getting a three-year deal, $1.9 million average per that three years. So, man, LSU is paying top, top dollar to get Madhouse to leave the Kansas City Chiefs to, to come run Brian Kelly's defense. I'm not saying he's not worth it. Hell, he's, he's worth whatever they're willing to pay him. But I just thought that was pretty interesting. And speaking of the Florida Gators, Trey Dean returning for a fifth season, one of the uh, better defensive backs there in Gainesville. He has 174 tackles, four interceptions, four sacks, and defended 14 passes during his Gator career. He even got invited to the Senior Bowl. He's played four years for the Florida Gators, but of course, uh, you know, extra year with the COVID, he's taking them up on it. So Billy Napier, 
Now he's doing a really good job not only recruiting high school players, but some of their uh, top talent there in Gainesville, getting them to return to play, I would assume, here for uh, Corey Raymond as well. I'm sure that played a big part in Trey Dean's decision. And, hey, some other news and notes for the Gators. Emory Jones still in Gainesville, still working out with the team. So looks like he is actually going to stay at least through the spring, see how he fits in in Billy Napier's offense. And, hey, you can never have too many quarterbacks. I know Ohio, they already added the Ohio State transfer, Jack Miller. That was a nice pickup. He's a former four-star. They got Anthony Richardson. We all know that. But, hey, this is a new coaching staff. And Billy Napier is not walking into this thing giving any any player a starting role. They got to earn it. And, it, hell, I'd rather have too many quarterbacks and not enough. And, you know, we may see a transfer yet for one of those guys, but uh, let them battle it out on the field. I think that's kind of – with so many arms in the transfer portal, I think Emory Jones – you know, some fans may be ready to move on from him, but I think he's making a wise decision sticking it out because I don't know if he's going to have a better option than playing for the Florida Gators. And, and given his experience, you know, you got to think he stands at least a decent chance of playing next season for the Gators and Billy Napier. Well, the portal giveth and the portal take away, and that's something Tennessee is learning here on Thursday because one of their better young defensive players, Tyler Barron, jumped into the transfer portal along with D. Beckwith, who's kind of played all over the field, running back, tight end. I think he's even played a little bit of linebacker himself. But Tyler Barron, certainly a potential hit here for the Tennessee Vols, particularly not saying I'm not hearing much behind the scenes about this one just yet, but he was heavily recruited by uh, the Kentucky Wildcats. Will he make that decision if he stays in the division, plays for Kentucky? That would be rough for Vols. I think he was also got recruited by uh, Ohio State and Florida. So maybe those two on Tyler Barron's radar, radar. but uh, it'll be pretty interesting to see how Tennessee makes up for that loss. And then last thing here, just wanted to make note of this player because, man, what a good story this has been. What a great story he has here in Lexington. Wondell Robinson made it official. I think he's making the right decision here. Off to the NFL, 104 catches. 1,334 receiving yards and seven touchdowns for the Wildcats. And, of course, every Kentucky fan knows the story. Top-rated player in the state a couple of years ago. Long-time Kentucky commit right before signing day. Made the decision to leave the state. Go play for Scott Frost at Nebraska after two seasons. Regrets that decision. Comes back and just becomes a hero in his one season at Kentucky, set the school record for catches, receiving yards, and, hell, he damn near won him the bowl game by himself with his outstanding performance against the Iowa Hawkeyes. So, hey, we salute you here, Wondell Robinson. Now Kentucky's going to have to find them uh, another elite receiver to step up, and I don't know if you could possibly get one as good as Wondell Robinson, but uh, if you can, you got the blueprint there. If you're Mark Stoops, Liam Cohen, that, uh, you know, we can take you in and make you an all-conference, all-American type player. So just want to give a shout-out to Wondell Robinson as he's off to the NFL. Mark, you've obviously seen some great individual performances in your time here, but what Wondell did today when there's so much attention to him and everybody knows you don't have a ton of receivers that you're trying to get the ball to, just can you, can you contextualize how difficult it is to do what he did on that last drive? Yeah, John, it, it, it's, it is really hard to describe, uh, you know, what he's meant to us. Um, he is the ultimate competitor. 
um, and uh, you know he was, he's very selfless. He plays extremely hard. He plays uh, you know the game for for himself, for his family, for his teammates, for for this institution, the state. Um, you know, just plays so hard, made such competitive plays in big moments, and that's what you need to win a bowl game, to beat quality opponents. You need your guys to step up and make plays when you need them. And uh, he certainly did that. Um, but all right, hey, that's going to do it. A little bit of a shorter one. Like I said, I was trying to get a guest lined up, but uh, that fell through at the last moment here. But don't worry, we'll get we'll get them eventually. And we've got more guests coming up. we got Cousin Shane coming back on the show to preview the national championship. I hope to have uh, a couple guest pickers on uh, with the big game here. So I'm getting snowed in here in Nashville. I'm stuck in the office. So I figured I might as well give you guys a show, uh, even if it's just news and notes around the SEC. But I do appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out. We'll catch you on the next one.